Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Um, so, God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your grace, and we thank you for your peace. We thank you for Google, and I thank you that everybody that is on looking and in this service is going to be Googling that song, Jaira. <laughs> we thank you, Lord, for Google. <laughs> we praise you for the ways that you're working in our lives to allow us to be on the same page, the same page. I pray, God, that you would continue to communicate with us through your love, through your grace, through your power, through your mercy, through your conviction, and through your authority. We'll thank you, and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let your word fall on good ground. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Amen. Our culture-making moment for this moment, uh, for this morning, I want to talk a little bit, because we're talking about giving. Um, before I get there, I want to just make sure that I emphasize what Minister Lingham communicated. We are in Black History Month, amen? And as, as such, I want to make sure that we are honoring those who have gone before us. It's good to see you, good brother. I want to I make sure we honor those who have gone before us and have paved the way for ministry to happen in the city of Philadelphia. There are some very significant leaders in this city that have led for quite some time. And we often look at the voices that are still communicating with power, (laughs) conviction, and authority to take us to where we want to go next. But I want to honor in this Black History Month those who have gotten us to where we are. Hello, church. I want to honor those who have gotten us to where we are. And the Reverend Dr. Uh, Shaw is an amazing leader, has been an amazing leader, not just in the city of Philadelphia, but he's been an amazing leader um, throughout the world. And one of the things that I heard this week um, was from Bishop Jakes. He said, uh, a lot of people come to their call in the ministry and they come to their call in in the ministry and they think that their call is to preach. And my question is, preach what? Mm Mm-hmm preach what? Because if you're just called to preach, you're not focused enough. You know, you just got a, you got a word, but what are you saying to the people of God? Where are you called to take the people of God? And I believe since we're in the book of Malachi, I might as well communicate. I believe that the last verse in the last chapter of the book of Malachi is what I'm called to preach. It says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And he will turn the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. We've been cursed because we have not honored saints. We have been struggling because we have not honored a generation that has gone before us. But today, we are going to, in this month, we are going to honor those who have committed themselves to the work of Christ and him being crucified. Amen? Amen. In our culture-making moment, that wasn't the culture-making moment, but it could have been. In our culture-making moment, <laughs> our culture-making moment for this, for this week is um, that we are a committed church. In, um, from 2016 to 2018, we have seen in the United States of America, we have seen that 69% of adults were members of a church in 2000. I'm sorry, in 1998 through the year 2000. But in 
2016 through 2018, we've seen that go from 69% to 52%. And even the definition of membership for the Lord's Church and in the Lord's Church and with regard to organizations has changed. The definition and the level of commitment that people have committed to the Lord's Church and other organizations that they've connected themselves to has waned in a way that says, hey, you know, it looks as if people are joining, but they are not working. They're joining, but they are not working. And after the pandemic, those statistics and 52% of people having been members, becoming members of churches across America, what's more is the return to church post-pandemic. And I understand that some of us may think that we are not post-pandemic. I can look out in the crowd and see that we are still not post-pandemic right now because these pews are almost empty. Amen. But from the pandemic, what we have seen with regard to return to churches in this season is that 40% of church membership is returning to their church. They're returning to worship. And that doesn't just mean virtually, physically. It also includes the virtual connection to the Lord Jesus Christ. That looks, why, why might that be? It might be that way because some of us were coming to church simply to be seen. Some of us were coming to church because it was the place that we could get our weekly hug or we could get our weekly affirmation. It was the place that we were coming simply because it was the place that we felt like we belonged, like it was our cheers, you know, <laughs> where everybody knows your name. <laughs> and they're, all, <laughs> they're always <laughs> glad you, you came. That's, we were coming to church not because we were coming to church to worship. We were coming to church because we were coming to church to get something, not to give something. But at the Church of the Redeemer Baptist, we are going to be a people who are committed to worshiping and to working. And this is where we come to with regard to our scriptural focus in Malachi. We've been reading the book of Malachi for generations. <laughs> and from a black perspective specifically, it's communicated from these verses in Malachi chapter 3 for a very, 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 very long time. We've talked about men robbing God, people robbing God for decades. And I appreciate that. But what's required to really understand those words is an understanding of the whole book. Malachi is a book that was written to believers for the benefit of them returning to God. It's a book that was not written to those who didn't know God. Malachi is a book that was written by the prophet who bears that name or messenger, communicates from messenger. Malachi is written as a book by that prophet to communicate to people that were already in relationship with God. And this book is a book that delivers judgment. And I wish I could go through the whole thing, but I'm going to summarize the whole thing. It's a book that delivers judgment because those that knew God were not committed in their relationship to God. The ones who said that they were followers were not actually following. Yeah. The ones who said that they were followers were not actually following. And it's important for us to note that because we can take these words about tithing in Malachi chapter 3, 
We can take these words about tithing and call them out as a thing that says, hey, this is the promise of God. I will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you out blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But what does that really mean? Is that a promise to the world? No, it's a promise to the believer. It's a promise to the believer. But not only that promise is God communicating to the believer God is communicating through Malachi about some very specific things. God is asking for the people of God who were followers of God but inconsistent with their fellowship. He is communicating that, number one, you are loved. In the second verse of the first chapter, God confirms God's love for God's people. God is not communicating to a people that are supposed to be following and have walked away by saying, I don't like you anymore. You should go away from me. We are no longer in relationship. God is saying, I still love you. I still care about you. I still want the best for you. But we've got to talk about some things. There are some breaches in our relationship that need to be fixed. There are some places where I would love for us to go, but you've decided to walk away. And I still love you. Come here, baby. Come here. Hold my hand right quick. Hold my hand. Sit on my lap right quick. Just I don't want to I don't want to communicate this in a way that makes you feel like I'm turning you away. I just want to make sure that you know that these are things that could keep us from being as close as we need to be. First thing that God communicates is, I still love you. And then he says, but the offerings that you give me are dirty. (laughs) Wait, so the offerings that you give me, the things that you know you're supposed to do, you have cheapened your offering to me, and you just get whatever you want to get without following the law of God. Of the Lord. You know that your offering is supposed to be from a pure place. But you've just decided to give me scraps. You know how you're supposed to give, but you just decided to make giving to me an afterthought. And I love you more than to be an afterthought. I first want you to know that I love you. Second, I want you to know that I want to be your priority. Somebody say priority. I want to be your priority. I want to be your priority in the way that you give me an offering. You know how Moses prescribed how the offering should be given, but you are not giving to me in the way that the law requires. And then he says service. He communicates about service. The priests who are coming to me have allowed for their service to be dirty. Somebody say dirty. I don't want to go here too far, but I got to talk about it. The priests who are serving have allowed for their service to be polluted. How many stories do we hear of pastors and leaders who have done whatever they wanted to do while they wear the cloth of Christ. How many stories do we hear of leaders in the Lord's church 
who are following their own whim, will, and desire while they are communicating the truth of Jesus the Christ. How many stories do we hear of people who have fallen away from the truth because the truth that they've heard has not been lived from the pulpit. God is warning us. I love you. I know that you are following me, but you are not giving your everything in your fellowship. You are prophesying and throwing javelins. You are communicating truth and you are trying to kill. You are giving people my word and you are giving people your flesh. The blood of Jesus be against you. My Lord, I got to walk. I got to walk. There is this place where God wants to love us too, but we have to submit to that place. He says, I want your offering to be pure. I want your service to be pure. Then he communicates, I want your worship to be pure. He communicates about this treachery. God wants us to worship the one true and living God. In the second chapter, beginning at verse 10, you have been unfaithful to me, God says. You've been unfaithful to me. You've allowed other gods to creep in on my time with you. You've allowed other things to creep in on my time with you. And I understand that there are other priorities, other things that you're interested in. I get that there are other things that you would like to do. But how about you let me direct you to them? How about you allow me to focus your attention on them? Come unto me first and I will allow for those things that you want to do to be blessed by me and then bless the world. But no, you have created idols in your life. You have allowed other things, other people, other places to creep up to prominence in your life. But do you remember that I said to you, you should have no other God before me? Do you remember that I said to you, worship me and me, me only? I'm telling you this because I love you. I'm not telling you this because I'm mad at you. I'm telling you this because I love you. And then finally, somebody say, finally, we get to these verses in scripture where God says, will a man (laughs) rob God? Finally, after God communicates his love for us, after God tells us where we're wrong, after God says our service should get back to right places, after God rebukes the leaders in the Lord's church, after God tells us how much, how far away we are, and still God loves us, he says, will a man. Rob God. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, no, I ain't. (laughs) In what way have I robbed you? And the response is in tithes and in offerings. I have a first point. First point is, your robbing of God may not be obvious to you, but it is obvious to the king. 
The trick of the enemy is to distract us from what we've done and to cause us to lay blame where it shouldn't be. Will a man rob God? You know you've robbed God. Can I offer that if you don't think that you've ever robbed God, the easiest way for you to find out is to check your spending habits? The easiest way for you to figure out if you are on track in your relationship with the king is to go to your bank app. Go to your bank app and see the categories of spending. See where you spend your money. Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. I don't want you to shout. I don't care if you do. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where, where you put your money, that's what you care about. When was the last time you tithed? It's a simple question, but it's a simple question because God says God loves you. But God wants to be first. And the way that you prove to God and you prove it to yourself that God is first and foremost in your life is you first give back to the giver. Say amen, somebody. You got to first give back to the one that gave you everything, the breath you breathe belongs to the king. The money you have belongs to your king. The movement that you move with, it belongs to the king. So what are you doing for the one that gave you your everything? What are you doing for the one that gave you your everything? Just check your spending habits. Where you spend is typically what you care about. If you're eating out a lot, maybe you simply just care about your flesh or the thing that you get from that entertainment experience. If you're spending on a lot of clothes, maybe the thing that's prominent in your life is the way that you look and how people communicate about what you look like. But if you give to God, that is showing you and it is confirming to God that God is first in your life. Now, what is the tithe? What is the tithe? What is the tithe? The tithe is 10% of every dime and every dollar that comes into your possession. Write it down. We're going to talk about that on Wednesday. The tithe is 10% of every dime and every dollar that comes into your possession. I didn't say 10% of your check. I didn't say 10% of the net. I didn't say 10% of the money you find while you're walking down the street. I said 10% of every dime. <laughs> And every dollar that comes into your possession, you see it, you get it, you say, thank you, God, and you break it. <laughs> you see it, you get it, you say, thank you, God, and you break it. You know, when I was growing up, they would say, break me off, right? <laughs> break me, you got some chips, can I get some? Break me off. Break God off. <laughs> Give God his first, his 10% first. You see it, you get it. You break it and you give. You give back to God. 10% of every dime and every dollar. Now, we also look, often look 
at our focal point for this message as a passage that communicates about tithing. But we need to figure out that this tithing, this 10% of every dime and every dollar, is really a conversation from God about our spending habits. It's about our heart's posture. If you are robbing God, you are cursed with a curse. And that curse is not just on you. That curse can literally go to your generations. That curse can extend to generations. I've been one who's been guilty of not tithing for years. And every time I decide not to tithe, a tire goes flat. I just got new tires. (laughs) Every time I decide to steal from God, something goes wrong. And I don't know why it's going wrong. Every time I try to, I do decide to not put God as a preeminent one in my life. Something happens in my life or in the lives of my children that causes me to give something to someone else that I didn't think I had. But God is teaching me that what you think you don't have, you will find when it's an emergency. So why is God not your emergency? Why is God not your emergency? And tithes in an offering, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now the Bible says in verse number 10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you, the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of the ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in your field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land says the Lord of hosts the test that God is asking you to test God in is not a test that says I'm willing to give the test that God is asking you to test God in is a test that says I will trust you even when I can't trace you This test is a test that says, I will trust you even when I don't understand the how. I will trust you when I don't understand the when. God, I will trust you when I don't understand the who. I don't understand the where. And I don't even understand the why. It's this trust that will open up the windows of heaven. And it's this trust that will allow God to say, You're ready for the blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. But you can't receive this blessing if you have not submitted to that level of trust. You can't receive this blessing if you have not submitted to that level of trust. This is the trust that will fill your buckets and it will fill your bank accounts. This is the trust 
that will allow your life to overflow with blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. And the room that you don't have to receive what God's pouring out on you is the means for you to be and have seed for sowing. God will make you the seed. He will give you seed to the sower because you have shown yourself faithful to give God back everything God gave you. And so now, because you've shown yourself faithful, God's going to say, I have more for you. You've received what I gave, and you gave it back to me. Here's more. Just last week, you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you a ruler over many things. But when you show yourself as unfaithful over little, God can't trust you with more. In this season, I'm all done. In this season, in this moment, and at this time, God is asking you not what you gave. God is asking you, where is your heart? Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? You've asked God to open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing for you that you wouldn't have room enough to receive, but you've created a dam in your bank account, which has created a dam for you to receive blessing. You are not one who allows the blessing to flow out. You've become a container of God's blessing instead of a conduit of God's blessing. You've become one that stores, not one that allows God to flow through you. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Where's your heart? This is not a message to the unbeliever. This is a message to the believer. This is not a, not a message to the one who doesn't know God. This is a message to the one that knows God and needs to come back to faithful service to the king. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? You will find your heart by finding your finances. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you have allowed for us to see, hear, and know that it is your call for us in this season and at this moment to return to a place of trust in you. I pray, God, that for those of us who have found ourselves becoming containers of your anointing, containers of your resources, containers of the things that you have given to us, I pray that you would help our lives to be undammed. I pray that you would help our lives to be released, the blockages of our lives the things that have come between our soul and our Savior. I pray that you would remove them from us in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would help the flow of your anointing to come back. I pray that you would help the flow of love between us and you to come back. I pray that you would help the flow of sacrifice between us and you to come back. And I pray, Lord, that you would allow for our hearts to be mended so our worship can again be pure. 
I pray, God, that everything that you have that has come against us, that the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. For those of us who have lost loved ones, and that loss has kept us from loving you properly. And so we've stopped giving. We've stopped giving ourselves. We've stopped giving our finances. I pray, God, that you would allow for our hearts to be healed so that our, our ability to love you well can be healed again. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would show us in the name of the Lord Jesus the Christ that you still love us. And I pray that you would help us to see all of the places where we have allowed for the enemy and for our own flesh to get in the way of our love for you. We'll thank you for it and we'll praise you for it. Lord, restore unto us the joy of our salvation. And whatever you do, restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Bring us back to a joyful place in serving you. Make us happy and glad to come into your presence again. Bring us back to you in heart, in mind, in soul, and in spirit. I pray that expectations would fall down and that your spirit would rise up. I pray that you would help us to see and to hear, to know and to understand that you still are the lover of our souls and we'll thank you for it and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. We love you, we glorify you, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Can the believers clap your hands? Can the believers clap your hands? And give God praise. The believers, the believers, the believers. The believers, you know where you are. And I'm going to start backwards today. You know where you are. You know where you are. You know where you are. You've already taken mental inventory of your bank account. You have. And you know that you are far from God. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. You, this is where you're supposed to be. You shouldn't be looking for your shout. This is where you're supposed to be. Yes. You shouldn't be looking for your praise. You, this is where you're supposed to be. You should be looking for your commitment to be restored. This is where you're supposed to be. You know where you are. You know that you have walked away from the king. You've already taken mental inventory of your bank account, and you know that you haven't given for five years. You haven't given. For years you haven't given you haven't given and the reason why you haven't given is not because you don't have it to give it's because you don't love God like you used to I'm okay with talking like this because it's necessary you haven't given because you don't love God like you used to but the lover of your soul is waiting for you to return will you return to him the lover of your soul is waiting for you to return will you return to God Will you allow God to restore you by simply saying, I'm ready to come back home? That's all. This call is for the believer who believes in their heart, but they're not living the life of faith. This call is to the believer. The doors of the church are open. I'm sorry I didn't say it the way the Baptist church needs to say it. The doors of this church are open. There is one. If there is one. You know. I will be with you. You know it. I will be with you. 
let the Lord work on your heart. Hear what God is saying. Hear what God is saying. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Can you sing that one more time? I'll fight your battles. Can you sing that? I'll fight your You've been fighting by yourself for far too long. to tithing come home that's all God's saying with regard to where your heart is in worship come home and show yourself and show God that you trust God again by trusting him with your finances 10% of every dime 10% of every dollar but first you have to return to the king if you've walked away from God and you know you've walked away from God. And you need to come home. Just put it in the, in the screen. Or if you're here in the room and you've walked away from God. And you know that you've walked away from God. And you know by taking inventory of your finances that you, you need to get back. Put it in the screen. Put your name, just an emoji with a hand lifted or a thumbs up. That's all. I look for that. We look for that. We look for anyone that says it's me. Just say it's me right there in the screen or if you're here just lift your hand or come forward it's time to come home saints it's not just time to come home to this church it's time to come back to God if there are those who need a church home and you you are looking for a place where you need to join you've walked away from your church you're part of that 40% or part of the 60% excuse me that has not returned back to fellowship with the Lord's church since the pandemic. It's time. Redeemer is a great place to call home. 
Dima is a great place to call home. If you, if you would only trust me, oh, trust me. Dima is a great place to call home. I really feel just the Holy Ghost is just communicating now that um, the ones who've walked away, I still love you. That's, that's where I'm stuck there. I still love you. I still love you. I, you know where you are. I know where you are. I still love you. And your financial gift is the place to come back to God. I don't need it. I don't need it. God needs you to give it. And for those of you that have never received Jesus, Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Now's the time and today is the day. I get it. Now's the time and today is the day. If you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now it is the time and today is the day. Just say it's me. Put a thumbs up in the screen. Or allow God to just put your name in there. Whatever you need to do to acknowledge that you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, just put it in the screen and we will follow up with you. We promise that we will look at this. We will follow up with you. But saints, we're not here to play church anymore. We're not here to be giants in the community and shallow in our hearts. We're not here to be giants in the community and shallow in our hearts. We will serve from the overflow. We will serve from a place of overflow. Right? We're going to serve from a place we have so much of God in us that it's easy to just walk and give. That's what God is calling us to. And that's what we're going to say yes to. Amen. May the Lord bless you real good. God of Jacob be your refuge. I think I'm going to do the benediction. You mind that? Do you mind that? Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Search us, Lord. Search us, Lord. And if you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out. Take it out. Straighten me. We want to be right. We want to be saved. We want to be whole. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I am.
Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time in this anointing. Don't rush out of here. Let the Lord restore you. As you walk through the rest of your day and through the rest of this week, learn again to trust. Don't rush out of this. Allow God to restore you. Amen. Amen. Give my heart to you. He won't let you down. He won't break your heart. He'll never let you fall. So I put my trust in you.
Give him everything. Give him everything. 